Like Family with Brenda Donoghue. On this week's Like Family, we talk about family business with the sons. My mother, who was a bit of a dynamo, encouraged him to come here and open a little shop in Oliver Plunkett Street. The daughters. I think having a business in the family, it gives and takes an equal measure. So while it does take a certain amount of the family side of things away, it, it does provide great opportunities. And someone who's counting the cost. Businesses run for profit. That The currency within a family is love. So the, the two are opposing. And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at rte.ie. Oliver Plunkett Street in Cork is a busy shopping thoroughfare and I'm meeting Kieran McCarthy, an accountant with Baker Tilly Hughes Blake, who has written a survival guide for family businesses. Kieran, how are you? How are you, Brenda? It is great to see you. How are you? I'm great. Well, we're early enough on Oliver Plunkett Street. We are at 10 a.m. and you can see all the shops are just getting, getting going. Yes, yes. Oliver Plunkett Street is one of Cork's finest streets. And as we're walking down the street now, Brenda, on our left-hand side is a lovely business. It's in existence almost 100 years. It's Casey's Furniture Store. Again, it's in its third generation. And it's lovely to see businesses go from one generation into the next. It's not easy to do, but it can be done. Okay. This is Liam Rochelle's. It's a bookstore. It's oh, it, it, it set up in 1916, and it's very sad to see this business closing. I bought all my school books here over the years, um, and it's changed because the market has changed. I think it's in its third generation as well, and it must be very sorry, sorry and sad for them to, to be leaving the street. Yeah. There's certainly two sisters that I know to see from that work in there. Um, it would be very sad to have, to have worked in your family business for maybe 30 or 40 years and to see it close down, but it's down to market conditions. They're, they're really under the pressure there with the internet. Savills is a very fine business. Um, they have a chain of men's retail stores. They're probably in existence about 30 years. Um, I see the second generation now have joined the business. Now, we have come in out of the rain. It was such a lovely day. I know, exactly, yeah, my goodness. How do you think that running a, a family business can actually impact on family life? What is your experiences dealing with clients? I, I suppose, well, for, for, for the start, I had a family business at home. My parents uh, were in the toy industry and they were also in the chemical business. Now, I enjoyed the toy industry much more than I did the chemical. Um, but I suppose I was working with my siblings. We were only between 18 and 25 at the time. But we started bickering over things. Yeah. As it happens, my parents sold their businesses. So we never brought it into the next generation. But I had for first-hand experience of what it's like to work with siblings. The dinner table, the family business, where's the line? I suppose I grew, I grew as a person uh, from learning from those dinner conversations, but I suppose in your teens when you're coming home to listen to what was today's figures like, did the last batch order go out, it, it can be very annoying. I do remember being a bit frustrated at home from those types of conversations, but I did benefit from it later on. Uh, when I had a better understanding with my own business or when I had a better understanding of doing um, or working with families, what it's like. I think, it's, I think it can be very difficult for families who work together and also play together. Uh, but I do think it's, it's important to take time out. I suppose if you look at a business, a business is run for profit. And if you look at any family home or any family unit, that the currency within a family is love. So the, the two are opposing, but there are ways to settle it. Give me your golden rules on managing a family business or working in a family business. Uh, I think, that, I suppose, leadership must come from the top. You must have an effective board. I'd encourage every family to have a shareholders agreement. I'd also encourage them to set up what's called a family constitution or a family charter, which is a set of rules by which they abide by. Um, I suppose I'm, I'm in favour of 
obviously paying paying at market rate, having a, a communications policy, a dividend policy, a fair remuneration policy. Um, they're kind of the golden rules. They're the key kind of five things I can think of. Surely one of the biggest bones of contention for any family in a family business is wills, inheritance, I did more than she did, I worked harder, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, not all members of the family don't work in the business. And I think those that work in the business and contribute to its success should probably uh, be left more. Um, it's a very sensitive time. It takes, it takes time to plan for it. Um, I have seen in the past where parents would leave surprises in the will and they probably leave a, a trail of destruction. So it's important to take your time, to take expert advice, to communicate very well with all members of the family. It is a sensitive issue, as you say. You've stopped me outside Keane's Jewellers. Um, yes, I will have the really expensive sparkly diamond, and you know please. What, Brenda, you might as well take the tennis bracelet that goes with it. <laughs> this is a fabulous store. Uh, it's one of uh, the finest stores on the street, Keane's Jewellers. You can see they take up either two or three properties. Beautiful, Beautiful yeah. window display. This business is 70 years old. It's in its third generation. I remember the first generation. When I came here to buy my communal watch, it was run by a, a lady called Mrs Keane. I know she's now died. Uh, she had four children and the business is run by the children. Um, I've also seen that the next generation are coming through and we might go in and say hello to them there now yeah, while we're here. Sure, why not? And we'll point out that ring to you. Is that all right? <laughs> so isn't it funny that you would have come here yourself as a child and your family? Yeah, well, I suppose communions and confirmations are important times to, to get nice presents uh, from, yeah. from grandmothers and things. So we stepped in off the street looking for the Keane brothers, whose parents started the business in 1948. You're very good gentlemen to talk to me. We've just walked in to your shop. We're not even buying. We've Ger and Pat Keen here. <laughs> <laughs> we might change your mind. Yeah, you might. How long is the family business? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. My father was a watchmaker in a very old-fashioned jeweller shop called Mickey Roach in Patrick Street. He was a watchmaker there for quite a number of years. He then left and started a workshop in Patrick Street over what was known as McKechnie Cleaners. 25 Patrick Street and he worked there for about three years as a watchmaker. At that stage I used to go down and give him a hand maybe cleaning clocks, stringing pearls, the basic stuff that a young fellow could be learned, could be trained into doing. And then my mother who was a bit of a dynamo encouraged him to come here and open a little shop in Oliver Plunkett Street which was about 14 feet deep and about 8 feet wide. Tiny little shop. So that prospered and did well because he was a very good watchmaker and a lot of his customers for repairs would come in and shop here. And that's where our customer base began. Tell me, Pat, um, how many of the family now work in the business? Well, there's just Gerard and I, and we have two sons, Gerard and Pat also. <laughs> so it's, it's That's very confusing. Very confusing. Yeah. So you, you'll know us instantly. So it's, um, it's an ideal situation, this the two of ourselves and the two lads which are up and coming now. Okay. What would you say that your two sons have brought to the business? Well, one is a chartered accountant, one is a BCom degree, so they're a good training in, in discipline, shall we say. And then uh, Patrick went off and worked in the Bank of Ireland, uh, private banking, for about 12 months. My fellow, Ger, went to uh, Liverpool and worked in a multiple jeweller shop there for about 15 months. Mm. So they brought some experience of a different... Uh, discipline into Keynes when they came. 
It's interesting because uh, Kieran, of course, is still with me here. Yeah, I think it's very important to actually work in a business outside of your own family business before you join it. it you cut your teeth. Uh, it puts discipline on you. It also means that you bring a skill set to the business and you can add value when you arrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, did, um, I, I did watchmaking myself God, many, many years ago in Dublin. It has helped me today to understand what's going on inside the movement of a watch. So what, what age were you when you joined a family business? Gosh, I'd, be fit. I'd say I was probably about 18. Oh, my God. 18. That's many moons ago. I can't tell you the age. <laughs> what, what's it like for both of you working together as brothers? Difficult at times. But we, we, we have our moments. <laughs> like, 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 any, like any family, you have to work through the issues, don't you? And do you have a formula for it? No. Well, we talk about it. Yes. yes what yes. kind of things would you argue about? Sorry, I love the inf- detail. Well, certain policy matters might arise. Maybe a new agency and the other person might feel we already have enough in that area, so we really don't need that new agency. And then somebody would be very strong and they'd insist we would have it, so you either agree or you disagree. But we don't fall out, which is marvellous. Can I go back to talking about your mother? Because you mentioned she was a dynamo. Mm. Was she involved in the business for many years or what was her story? She was. She started uh, as a grocer and she was very involved at the time in RG Data, which was the Retail Grocery Trade Association. But she then changed and came into the jewellery business to help my father, having encouraged him to open here. So I always feel she was the accelerator, he was the brake. When she was getting some very wild and exciting ideas, he would cool things down a bit and say, hold on, now let's think about this more carefully. If your mum was the accelerator, your dad was the brake, between you two brothers, Pat and Ger, who does what now? I suppose we tend to have a bit of a mixture. Uh, that's maybe a diplomatic answer in some ways, but in reality it it's does It's not an happen. automatic car then? No, I mean, um, Pat, for example, would have been the spearhead for bringing the Rolex agency and the Patrick Philippe agency to Keynes, and they would be very much important in our business. It has made the business way stronger than it was. I suppose, in my case, I was more involved in the admin uh, expansion plans, property development for ourselves here. So we try to keep ahead of the times and produce something that Cork would be proud of. When you were growing up as <laughs> boys and you go home or, and it was dinner time or it was Christmas Day, was there always talk of business or was there a line drawn? By and large, we, it was more or less the home life and the business separated. Yeah. So. I always feel it's a little bit like the confession box. We treat our business as confidential because of the items we sell. I mean, you couldn't have a mother hearing that her son was engaged if he hadn't already told her. So we have to be very discreet and all our staff have that discipline and they would always be very careful in what they say. So as a rule, we tended not to discuss too much at the dining table, even in my own family. I have um, three daughters and a son and they would often castigate me for not telling them that I'd sold an engagement ring to one of their buddies. <laughs> oh, my dad, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> she said, sure you know, your dad sold me the ring. And I said, no, no, we never talk about this. <laughs> That's the way it was. That's wonderful. Um, we've had a wonderful time going down Oliver Prunkett Street, but I'm sad to see the bookshop across the road 
Russell's. Yeah, Liam Russell's mm. closing down. So as a family business, you must understand what they're going through. You must feel for them. We do. It's, it's terrible to see a family business disappearing like that. Mm. But, I mean, that's the way the world goes. If there is no succession scenario, then it possibly fades away. There's nobody to take over the helm and keep the show on the road. And that happens at times with some family businesses as the family changes. So we really are very proud of the fact that we have three generations now in this business and hopefully with the advent of two babies to both Ger and Patrick, it's like a race to the top at the moment. Each of them has a boy and a girl, one a few months old, the other um, two years old. We hope that in future we'll be looking down at these youngsters who will then become the forebearers of the next business in Keynes. And finally, Kieran, what have you taken from listening to them? Obviously, from talking to the two gentlemen, you know they get on very well and they've already addressed uh, and they're looking forward to the next generation coming through and the generation after that. So it's great that they have a plan. Not everybody has a plan and it's very important to have a plan. We would have always felt, and certainly I was very strong in it, that we would never end up with a load of family members, a load of them working in a business because they all begin to pull in different directions. So our succession plan is one person from each family carries on the business as a director and shareholder. So that's the way it goes. And does that not cause any issues within? You said you have four children. Mm-hmm. And what happens if two of them want to get involved? Well, it hasn't created a problem with them, no. Um, they all tend to do their own thing. And we've, in many ways, then tried to balance out some bit of compensatory situation for them. Okay, and what about you, Pat? My, my generation, I suppose, being a little bit younger than Gerald's, they tend to, they have three girls and one boy, and he's in the business, and the girls themselves. Uh, one of the girls just works here on a, reg- on a casual basis, and the others, they do their own thing, they have their own businesses going. But the one thing I would say is so important for a family business is that you really try and keep it tight with regard to control because I know of so many businesses the person who's working the business has maybe 10% equity in the business and there could be nine cousins taking an income out of it and that doesn't work the person who's actually putting their shoulder to the wheel they need to have a solid stake in the business otherwise it will not survive would you agree? I totally agree with that. I've seen that in many families and it, it, it's one of the reasons why conflict arises quite frequently. So I actually agree with their policy of, of one child each. Not every family can agree as, as, as easily as they have done, but it's great that they've thought it through and they've come to an agreement on it. Finally, I know you don't tell who bought what and where, but have you had any very famous customers come in and buy some nice pieces of jewellery here? I hope you won't be disappointed with the silence with which that question is greeted. Really? No, no telling. Oh, no, well, we don't tell. No, we don't divulge. But, yes, we've had some famous people. And, in fact, we have some very famous customers because with the brands that we've got, we're very lucky that we can uh, sell internationally. You've been more than generous sharing our story. Thank you. Which is the biggest diamond you wanted to show me again? (laughs) That was brothers Pat and Jared Keane. Keane's Jewellers is a family business 
where the future is mapped out. Okay, what would we think of something? We have the likes of this one here, which is a chenille. Let me show you this. I can always give you a sample now if you'd like. But at the other end of the street, the future for the landmark Galligan fabric shop is less certain. Eleanor's selling in the front of the shop. They're all the English imports and they're the Irish imports, Mm. the Irish stuff. When her mother Anne explains to me about the paperwork. And then they're the non-state. Things that you get that you don't sell, but you still have to pay the VAT in it. And, and do you spend a long time in the books, Anne? Uh, I, might, I, I do a little bit every day. Mm. When I come in there in the morning, when I get the post, I would do them. I don't work the computer. No, and your no. writing is so neat. Oh, God help us, I don't know all about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I try yeah. to do the best I can. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well done. And then well our grandson arrives. Hi, Owen. How are you? Sorry. You're very proud, uh, Granny here. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I didn't know. I didn't know what was happening. So I said I call in and say hello, like I always do. So. Yeah. You you could be the next generation, Owen. It could be oh, handed yeah. down to you. You have a kind of an interest in commerce. Yeah. <laughs> We're heading away. So. Owen, tell me what age are you? I'm 18, going on 19. So I'm doing my leaving cert this year. And you play rugby for. Ireland, you made the squad? Uh, so I played Irish 19s um, over Easter um, and then I played schools rugby with Christians and then I'm heading to France to play rugby in an academy in France next year. He doesn't sound, Anne, like he's going to come back and run your fabric <laughs> shop, does he? He might. He might be lucky. He might be lucky to have it. Yeah. I thought I wouldn't be here either, so I ended up here, so you never know. Any port in a storm. <laughs> and what are you going to do? Do you ever see yourself getting involved in the family business? Um, not particularly. I always thought Kleena, my eldest sister now, I always thought she might. She had an interest in design and fashion and all that so I thought if anybody was suited to it it would be her so if anybody was to come in and keep the longest shop in Oliver Plunkett Street going it would be clean and not myself but we'll see how it goes you never know yeah. you never know my god I could be looking at a future Irish rugby star <laughs> I better go Kavina's oh, wait waiting. wait before okay. you go before you go did you you said you come in here you're calling in like you do every day do you call in to see them every day or? yes so I call in over Wednesday to see the crack see what's happening yes. uh, I always uh, always, yeah, always he's always monitoring whether we're busy or not or ahead with anyone in yeah. Yeah. always asking always asking if they're busy and off he went with own gone and the shop quiet we sat down for a chat. And do you mind me ask, how old are you? Would 83, you... since February. 83. And I came in in 1951, so in 67 years, since the 1st of April, I work in Oliver Plunkett Street. Would you ever think of retiring? No. Never? No. Why? It keeps me occupied. I meet people. I talk to them. There was a girl in there now five minutes ago, and she told me her mother and her grandmother used to come in from Middleton, and I was able to explain them, and I was bang on. Yeah. I'd remember people. Yes. Yes. So that's wonderful. And can we go back? How old is the shop here? And tell us all about what the shop does and all of My that. My father started over in number six and then he moved to number eight and he started in 1919 and if God spares me we'll be a hundred years on the street next year that's all I wish for I'd like to live to see it because he had no sons and I was the son if you know what I mean I kept the business going he had another daughter my sister she got married so I took her place in 1951 was it always a fabric shop no my father manufactured, then in 1942, 
when the last war was on, things got tough and he was getting old and he had no son. So he closed down the woodwork, the manufacturing, and he went into the wholesale end of it, like selling all the parts, the opponents for cabinet making and mattresses and upholstery. So then, as I say, I came in in 1951 and I knew all the young upholsters and they're all grandfathers now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And what age were you then? And Sixteen. Sixteen you came yeah, yeah. to work. Actually, it there was, was no grinds or junior I was, or I, w- I was Oliver Punker Street educated me. <laughs> <laughs> that was my college. So I'm wondering, you were working with your dad. What was that like? It was all right. He, he was easy going. Mm. When your dad passed on and you were then so running I the store. About eight, I, I, I was gone 21. Because yeah. I remember he gave me a fiver when I was 21. That was a lot of money that time. <laughs> <laughs> Did he talk to you about taking over the business or had he made succession plans? No, because he never expected to die. He d- died rather suddenly. Yeah, so you yeah. were suddenly thrown into it. I was, I was, I was. In terms of your own life, did you get married? I, what oh, was I did. your story? Oh, yeah. I did. I got married. All right. I, I met my husband in 1955 at a dance in Bandon. Then I got married in 1961. And was your husband interested in the business or was that something you did? And especially at the time, like uh, women well, weren't kept, really he working. Kept, he kept in the background, but if I wanted help, he was always there. Yeah. You know, yeah. he wasn't pushing like that. If I wanted him, he was there. And was there ever a question where you said, well, now I'm going to sell up the business because no. I'm going to stay at home? No, no, no. No, I wanted to keep that name over that door. What? That was my ambition because my own father worked so hard to keep it going. And I, that's what I wanted to give him the satisfaction there was someone thereafter to do it for him. And we have Eleanor here. Hi, Eleanor. How are you, Brenda? How are you? Oh, my God, your mother can talk. What are you doing? What are you moving for? Uh? I'm just going to get that photograph to show oh, you. Oh, go on, go on and get it. So, <laughs> get it. good, you might good, think good. I was pulling your leg. <laughs> so, how many children did Anne have? My, myself, my sister, my late brother. Yes. My late brother passed away in 1993. He had yeah. a brain tumour, so he passed away. Mm. So, um... I came in here because mother actually had um, one summer she had gallstones so she was unable to come into work so I had to take it over and I, that's how I fell in here. Right. I intended to go nursing but that didn't pass so, yeah. so Eleanor give me a second there your mum has, what's that you have for me? That's the photograph of the chair that was done by the late wow. Pat Kiley and uh, it was a cork chair which cork is very notable for mm-hmm. and they were the material that was the Beautiful. material Gallagher supplied for the chair. And it says, Pat, Pat chairs for the president. That's where right. with a smile of satisfaction, the proud craftsman displays his work for the camera lens. Furniture fascinates me, said Pat. Huh? Yeah, and it also fascinated me. As I said, the saw, saw this was in the blood and I couldn't help it. Eleanor, was it was nursing in your blood though. It wasn't well, necessarily thought, the so business. So I thought, so yeah. I thought. But I came in here one summer and I liked it and I got on quite well. And mother was a good uh, teacher, I must say. She was a good mentor. Mm. So, uh, sorry, did you not drive each other a bit a mad? Bit, yeah. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> Even today. <laughs> we can have moments, but that's not a bad thing. You no. know, we get over it and we can move on, you know, which is very important. Yeah. Is that because you're family? You possibly, can kind of let it out. You possibly, might be possibly yes, mm. possibly yes. We can. I, I, that would have, I suppose, a bearing on it mm. that we can have a good old 
<laughs> spark off each other. But essentially, we, we get on well, you know. We do get promoted in two minutes, in fairness to her. <laughs> <laughs> I might think about it, but she forgets about it. <laughs> yeah. We we can have a lot of silence <laughs> in those moments. Then, but when we can pull it together again when somebody comes in, you know. Yeah. But these things, we just I suppose we're at it. Thirty two years. I'm we with you. Thirty two years. Yeah. So yeah. you know that's mm. that's a long time. So I was speaking to an expert in this area, mm. and he talked about innovation. Mm ideas, mm. being able to move mm. the business yes. forward in order to keep yes. in order for it to survive. That's true. Is that something you've come across and how have you oh, done absolutely. that? Absolutely because in it is Eleanor does that side of it. Okay. She's up with the times and moves with the well, you times. Have to keep abreast of what is what is happening. Absolutely in the colours that are in trend and what people are looking for. You have to listen to what people are looking your customer's the person who's going to tell you. But what I'm trying to say yes. is, what have you done in the business side well, of things I suppose, to, you know, change with the okay. times? I know you're keeping up with the trends. Absolutely. I suppose we were originally known for furniture, as in way back. Mm-hmm. But then we went in and for upholstery. But then we moved into the curtain side of things and that was to survive absolutely yes. absolutely we had to move with times mother wasn't a great lover of curtains funnily enough she because she maintains if something can go wrong it can really go wrong with curtains whereas with the upholstery is a little bit more forgiving mm. and what about the whole social media side well yes we do a little in that I wouldn't be my niece looks after that for me but we have oh, a, a family member yes yes yes, yes. sister yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he said there that's cleaner, yeah. cleaner. Yeah, but the best of all has definitely been word the mouth. That has been our biggest. People would come from all over. Somebody would have told them about us or there's a shop there. And definitely that's how we've been keeping afloat, really, you know. So there was three children and you mentioned about your son earlier and that's he passed right. away. Dear 25 years for 25 this year. Years. Just 22. Oh, Lord. To God's ways on doors. I often said he could have done worse. He could be out there with drugs, killing other people. I kind of console myself that way. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. But but what I'm wondering is, because it's a family business, and when you go through those kind of Mm. terrible things that happen in your life, the fact that you have each other and Mm. you're working together, did that help? Did the work help? Did the oh, business yeah. help? Oh, it did. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yeah. When you're in trouble and you have something else to occupy your mind, you can't give all your mind to your trouble because someone is coming in inquiring about something and you must look after them. And They're your bread and butter. It, it definitely has kept mother occupied and through all the bereavements, I would have said mother, would you? Like coming into yes. work has been. Oh, yes. It's like shows on. It's like the light goes on. Action, yeah. and you put on the show, and you get on with it, and then. Someone will come in there in the morning and they might tell you no yarn or something like that, and you'd laugh and you'd forget your troubles and you'd keep going. Mm. You know, so yeah. nearly a hundred years in business. That's right. Yeah, and well, the Galligan I... name is important. Tell me why. I suppose, like, we traded for so long on the street and we there was never any... We never blotted our copy, can I say that much? We treat people nicely and we wouldn't rob them or if they came back with a fault, very seldom, we'd always treat it. So you're saying your reputation is the good, reputation, the name is good. That is the word. Um, 
but there's a lot of pride in the business and pride in the name as well. I can feel that, Anne. Well, I suppose Conan not having a brother and did what my father would have wished for. I don't know whether that's right or wrong, but that's my my feeling, you know? If we look into the future, say, into the next couple of years, we met your grandson. He's gone off to play rugby for <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> so what are we going to do? I know the name is very important. Mm, mm, mm. Is that something that occupies your mind, how we're going to pass it on and on? Not really. I'm a kind of a person, I live for today. And God look us after the rest. But for you, it was important that Eleanor or somebody... Oh, well, I was then. I mean, that was 30 years ago and I was a younger woman that time. And, well, I thought, you see, at the time, but he went went for fishing. I thought my son would have came. Mm. But that's all he wanted was the water. Yes. So anyway, as I say, I I kept going myself and Eleanor was a great help. Before we say goodbye, Anne, 1st of April, next year, God willing. 100 years. My business, not me, not 100 years. How are you going to celebrate I'll be the 84. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait, no, we'll see what that, we'll wait I until the time. i card, your two mother. <laughs> that was Anne Galligan and her daughter, Eleanor. Galligan's is almost a century old, but no matter how long the tradition, the next generation may have their own dreams, as Dr Eric Clinton of DCU Business School and Centre for Family Business explained when I called to see him. Coming along the corridor here in DCU, lots of anxious-looking students. They all seem to be rehearsing something, going over lines in their head. So what is going on this week in DCU? This week uh, is uh, the Dragon's Den. Um, so it's our final year Bachelor of Business Studies uh, programme, the largest in, in the business school here. And the students are tasked with creating and presenting an innovative product or service. Everybody has ideas. This process is about how to bring an idea to an opportunity. So the students have a 150,000 fictitious seed um, and, and they work in a product or service uh, over the two semesters. So many of the students who are pitching today come from a family business. Do you notice that they have any different characteristics or have a different ability to deal with different challenges because of the background that they come from? Uh, Just over half of the class come from either a family business or a family farm. So often the the children or the students in this context don't know any different. They've grown up where the the boredom is the kitchen table. There's receipts, there's invoices, you know, the conversations at at dinner is, is about business. Weddings, funerals, you know, 21st, 50th, it's business. We, we do talk about other things, but largely it's around business and, and business, business issues. So these next generation family farms, family business students, they've grown up, they've been immersed in, in opportunities, but they've, they've gone through tough times too. In a way, they'd have maybe a more realistic approach to maybe other students who don't have that background. Yeah, because they've just been there and done yeah. that and seen it and, and, yeah. and seen the highs, the lows, the cries, and, and they've they've experienced it, yeah, absolutely. And does that feed into their academic work then? Yeah, uh, without a doubt. And will they expect, and be expected, to return to the family business? But I do think you need to talk about expectations. What are your expectations as you, as the current owner of the family business? And what do your children want? Because a scary thing for your child is, 
is actually telling your mother, your father, dad, I don't want to get involved in the business, or mom, I don't want to get involved. I love you to bits, obviously, but I, just, I don't want to get involved. So actually understanding the expectations of your children is really important. And to get to see, well, listen, you don't want to involve in the business. You want to be a teacher? That's absolutely fine. But do you want to stay involved in the business? Do you want to be on the board of the business? So understand what people want from not what you think they want, but actually get an understanding of what they want. And the worst thing I, I would suggest is to, to force somebody to join a family business. That's That's not not the correct solution at all nobody wins out of that the next generation don't win you're potentially not happy for you know forcing them into it and then the, maybe then the, the non-family employees are not contented with the, the leadership there that's taking over so that's not the right solution megan and katie are dcu students with a family business background so our family business is a hotel called rogenstown it's in swords and yeah it started off as my granddad's house and a farm and then we just made it into a hotel what was it 14 years ago? Yeah, so I was eight, you were seven. So we do have like memories of all the construction when it was changed into the hotel. And then we started working in it then when we were 15. So I started off in the laundry and uh, I have a twin as well. So we were down in the laundry, uh, folding the sheets, putting them in the washing machine, cleaning the rooms, hoovering and (laughs) all of that. And then I got upgraded to the spa so in there, I was like at the reception desk. I was washing hair for the hairdresser and stuff like that. And then finally, I was in the leisure center. Yeah. Um, well, I was a bit luckier. I started off in the pro shop. So I was working behind the desk there. That's the like, golf shop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, welcoming all the members, signing everyone in, things like that. And then I got upgraded to front desk reception. Seeing dad, especially, like he works so hard, like our entire family, like to build the business. And it's become like such a success now. Um, definitely is like kind of inspiring us to work really hard but I don't think that we're going to be going into the family business <laughs> Are you speaking for both of you? Yeah I think we are I am haven't I? <laughs> yeah I think so I think uh, there's a lot of there's a big line of uh, like my dad my auntie my uncle so I think they'll all come first before us so I want to go into marketing and Megan wants to go into finance so there's not really a place for us right there at the moment. <laughs> I don't think it suits our background as well. Like we're doing business now and I think we've worked there for so long. Like I've been there for what, seven years working that I think I'd want to move on. I wouldn't want to go back and just do something different. But yeah, we do love the hotel and the way it was built up to such a successful business. If you don't get involved and the cousins and the rest of the family don't get involved, do you feel, here we go again, typical statistic, we're not passing the family business down through the generations? Um, I'm not sure. Like, right now, I'm definitely not thinking about going back because I'm so happy to be getting out of it after working in it for so long. And it's such a stressful job. Like, we can just see, because we live two minutes away from the hotel, so if anything happens, if a computer breaks, if there's something wrong with the toilet, like, Dad's getting called, so... I think that stress I wouldn't really want to go back to, but maybe in the future I might. I, we don't know. Yeah, I think they just want us to be successful and happy in what we do rather than like going back to Rogenstown if we don't want to. But obviously, like, we will be back to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what could happen? Maybe we'll be yeah, back to Rogenstown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say, please put me back on laundry. <laughs> no, no thanks. Never laundry. <laughs> Sometimes it's a long road that takes you back to the family business. Good morning, Hype for Hire. Harry started out in a butcher shop business, but now runs a construction machine company with four of his children. 
What am I putting on, Harry? Uh, Hi-Viz. 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 I fit you just right. <laughs> Don't say what size it is, then. <laughs> you got it That's a scissor lift there, for instance. That's mainly used in construction. Uh, that that will go up to about 40 feet. Mm. Uh, you know, you, and you'll drive it. You can drive it from the top there. And you just drop the jacks there and up and there and you go. And that's about the size of it. I suppose the butcher shop was the was the first memory I had because we lived over the shop. I came from that background because my father opened up uh, small uh, shops in Dundalk. The first one in about 54 or 55. Uh, I grew up with that business and that was low entry business uh, to get into. Uh, to get into draw, it was it was you know you didn't need all that much money just to uh, to, to to get a shop going. Your memory of your dad in business. I suppose the memory was that at at night he'd be doing lots of sums on on paper, all of these calculations, and then my mother used to make the posters for outside the butcher shop. Um, she, so at, at, at night she would be using markers and coloured paper and she would give us a little bit of the coloured paper to keep us busy. Dad is saying Drogheda is too small. I, I think the idea of being behind a shop counter just it was, it wasn't, it wasn't really the town. It was, it was more having to be in one place at one time. So he, he knew that uh, he wasn't the right person for, for that type of retail uh, and, and evolved into the machinery side then. Yeah, I think Francis is right there. Uh, length of a counter, you know what I mean, and it was just a bit too confined for me, you know. So, one of my earliest memories is after mass on Sunday. It would always be a while before you get home because there always be something to check in in the office or in the yard. And I do remember after mass uh, stamping uh, the, the flyers, you know. So one of those old school, you know, the ink pads, yeah. and you push it down, and we'd, he'd, he'd give you something to do, and there'd be a bundle of flyers, and you were stamping the flyers. So that's my my early marketing experience, which <laughs> I think you know. We we always joke that the first answering service in in our house was operated by small children, and and as Francis says, as soon as you could read and write, you were taking messages, and 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 God forgive you if you if you got a number wrong in that <laughs> message because. Uh, um, and that was that was where the, the bread and butter came in from. Um, and the other interesting thing, I remember we found one of Harry's old business cards. And at the moment, we have a 24-7 technical phone support helpline for the machines. But back in the day, in the 80s, we found his business card. And it's got after hours. And the number is actually the house phone. So, you know, we, we were always on call, you know what I mean? So that's we were technical service. Technical, yeah, technical, <laughs> yeah, technical support lasted long before our official technical support helpline, yeah. And Harry, eight children, yes. and I presume you worked long hours to build this business. Yes. Do you think it impacted on your family life? Uh, yeah, it will have an impact, and that's the price you pay, unfortunately, yeah. And if you said, in what way did you see it as an impact? The work came first, the business came first, that's the problem. Uh, and uh, I was lucky that I had a wife that was fit to manage a good bit of time there, me not being there because I would be away a lot. I suppose you really have to ask her or ask the children how it has impacted on them. But at the time, you, you know what you're on about, you, you, you're trying to get some get a business going, you're trying to give a family, you're trying to educate them. And that's what you're thinking about, you know, and that's your priority, so... I think having a business in the family, it gives and takes an equal measure. So while it does take a certain amount of the family side of things away, it, it does provide great opportunities that you mightn't have if the business wasn't there uh, to, to learn from. And in a way, we see the business as another member of the family, uh, quite a demanding one um, and one that you fall in and out of love with. 
but um, I think you, you as, as children growing up in a business family, we've learned to grow with the business and uh, I think we've all started to if, if work together and I think that's, that's part of the, the, the secret, you know. So Lorraine, you went off and you worked as an editor for many years. Was there a light bulb moment where you went, you know what, this is what I really want to do is work in the family business? Um, I think it was more that the family business found me rather than I found the family business. So um, I'm, I've always been a writer. And at that time, at, I was, I'd was i gone part-time with my work because I was going to be a famous writer because that's what we all think we're going to be. And um, I'm, I'm at home not writing anything, um, you know, on a day off in my dressing gown. And, and Harry's, I think Harry noticed that I needed to get back to work full-time. Um, what is most interesting for me is that you, you, you have ideas and aspirations for careers. And I always wanted to be a writer or an editor or a journalist. That was always my, my inkling. And I never really quite got to where I wanted when I worked in that sector and ironically when I came into the family business and I was thinking about other things thinking about how you sell machines thinking about how you write about machines that's when I did my most creative work so my mo- the most creative part of my career has been in the family business and that's interesting for somebody who has a creative inklings mm-hmm. that um, you know when you're working creatively and thinking creatively um, other types of creativity will come out of that and Francis, your own journey, I suppose, to here. Um, as a teenager, when I saw the kind of hours that Dad was doing and, and the responsibility of it, um, I had thought that, no, I didn't want to go into the family business. So, so I actually went to UCD and did English and history. I have a master's in English and trained, you know, the, so I was heading for teaching. Um, but before going in, into that, I decided to take a year out and, and worked as an au pair in, in France. And when I, the year was over, Dad just asked me, would I come in for three weeks to cover on the hire desk? Uh, because one of the key people, uh, Margaret, who's still with us, was going on holiday for three weeks. So I came in for three weeks 25 years ago and I'm still here. So I had made a decision not to come in and... You know, I just kind of ended up here. Do you think that was slightly calculated on your dad's behalf? Uh, I think we'll let Harry answer that. I would think in all honesty, you know, it it, it just happened that way. Uh, I wouldn't have pushed her uh, one way or the other. And we just had, at the time, you know, it was a slot filled and that's it. And yes, of course, I was happy when she took an interest in it. But of course, I think, Francis, you're going to do England and doing that course. What year was that you did that training course? That was uh, 1992. Yeah. I, I did a couple of training courses that were business related. I trained as an instructor on the access platforms, the, the cherry pickers. But I also did an international uh, CPC in haulage so that, you know, I could oversee the running of the trucks and all of the, you know, the safety standards and and compliance that goes with running logistics. So I, I had the background, I had the qualification, but I also had the backup plan of the of the English, just in case the family business didn't work out. And to be fair to mum and dad, they encouraged all of us to, to train in something different, so that if there was, if you were butting heads in, in the family arena, you, you had an option, you had somewhere to go. And, and we all have that. When you're sitting around the family table, maybe Christmas and having the chat, does it inevitably turn to business or can you separate it? Um, I think it always kind of comes in and out of the conversation, you know what I mean? Um, there's an odd breakout now. Of not business, do you mean? No, no, there'd be an odd, you know, there'd be an, we probably should have a rule not to do it, but there would be an odd, we'd break the rules an odd time, I would say, yeah. yeah. I think it's too hard not to talk about it because it's part of our everyday lives. So Mum Cabrini, 
is sitting there and you're talking about business. Is she involved? She's a listener. She, um, she probably knows much more than she says she does. Um, and certainly the odd times she'll just put a little... Uh, you know, a little comment in which shows that she's very aware of what's going on, but she wouldn't give an opinion as to what direction we should go or, or any of that. I think it's fair to say she's the glue. She holds it all together. So there's all these big personalities and, and a certain amount of ego, and that comes in and we're trashing things out and talking things over. And, and she's real, and she brings the, that, that kind of, you know, that, that part into it. Or she mm-hmm. keeps us all grounded, what, yeah. What are you saying around? She takes us down to basics, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah keeps us all grounded. Yeah. Okay, family business. We have four of your family so far are very active and very involved in it. Can we go down to the next generation? How many grandchildren have we got? How are we getting on there? I have three children and then um, my brother, Harry, has, has a little boy as well. And I, I think that family businesses are changing and this uh, automatic transfer from one generation to the, to, to the next is not something that you can assume. And uh, like with my own upbringing, I was given the choice to try something else and I would certainly be encouraging my own children to train as something different, to work in other places and then if they want to be part of the business they can but um, Brenda, we are growing at such a rapid pace. I think that by the time the next generation are up and running in, in terms of being at an age where they can contribute, the business will look very different. Um, it might have the McArdle family involved in some way, but I don't anticipate we'll be as hands-on in the day-to-day running as we are uh, in, this, in this moment. Can I ask you a personal question? Because I'm going to ask you a few. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how old are you in around? I'm 75 now in a month's time. In yeah. a month? Over. Month time, yeah. Yeah, yeah 75. Yeah. And you're still working, you wouldn't think of well, retiring? I'm, no, no, I'm not thinking. I'm not saying you have no, to. I'm no, just, no, you don't have to retire. But I'm, I still like the development end of it. I'm not really <clears throat> on the day to day now. Yeah. I, I'm more on the developing end and where we go from here. And uh, helping out then, because family now have kind of taken it over, you know, mm. for, for some time now. So uh, I'm probably easing out a little bit as well, maybe not doing as many days as I used to do, you know. Or I'm not doing <clears throat> the long, you know, the, the long journeys as well. I used to go to America and China and that. I'm mostly staying around Europe, so it's, mm. it's handy enough, you know. It's and are you happy with that in your head? Is it like a relief or is it something you've had to come to terms with? Uh, there's always a time. There's a time for everything, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I was. And probably the, the best part of it is that uh, that family are interested, and that's uh, you know with a family business, that's the most important thing. Have you somebody to take it, take it over? And uh, I'm very lucky that I have, and they're very interested in it, uh, and have been for some time. So um, you know, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, yeah. That was Harry McCardle and his daughters Frances and Lorraine. Now, I'm back on Oliver Plunkett Street. Every family business starts somewhere. As we visit a newer family business on the street, I asked Kieran McCarthy about that germ of an idea and setting up a family business. It can be very daunting uh, to set up a business, but it also comes a lot of joy and a lot of freedom. Sheer hard work, in my view, is the recipe for success in any family business. And Irish, very, Irish people are very capable of doing that, and we've been very successful at doing that. 
not just Irish people. I have a lovely young Italian couple here on Oliver Plunkett Street who set up a coffee shop. Do you fancy coffee? I'd love a cup of coffee. Do you know what? It must be even more difficult for non-Irish people to come and set up business here. At least anybody who's Irish is surrounded by a network of people that they can tap up for information or knowledge. So I admire anybody who comes to this country and sets up their own business. Grazie, Stefan. How are you? I'm very good. Is it Anna? I'm Anna, yeah. Anna and And Gabriele. And this is your business here? Yep. Would you like a coffee, Brenda? No, I'm. uh, Yeah, I'll have an Americano. Fantastic. Italian? Oh, oh, whatever. So, Gabriele, Anna, how long are you here? Seven years only. Yeah, Yeah, only seven years uh, here in Cork. Yeah. Before uh, we were in Dublin uh, for other seven years uh, and four years in the lovely Kinsale. And why did you want to set up a business as opposed to maybe work in a business? Um, Is this for me, Anna? It's for you, yeah. It's Americano for you, yeah. We wanted uh, to start a business because we are crazy people. Because everybody wants to start a a business. It's crazy, I think. uh, Because it means uh, making harder your life. (laughs) It's not not making money out of that. Uh, Probably you would make money, of course, uh, if you put passion, uh, skills and everything. But uh, still... uh, it's very, very hardening your life in yes. a way. But you get loads of satisfaction as yes. well. You know, it's not only what you do, but as well from the feedbacks from the customer, from uh, you know, looking at the people smiling because you make a good coffee in the morning. You know, that's the thing. You know, doing exactly what we are doing here, it gives us satisfaction. Sorry, you're American. Anna, when did you meet? How long are you together? We met in Dublin. 13 years ago, I went just to Dublin because I have three months off from my jobs in Turin. And You're uh, from Turin? I'm from Turin, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I'm yeah. from Rome. Yeah, I was on holiday 20 years ago and I fall in love for Ireland. This is why i coming back for more uh, time, you know. And uh, I met Gabriele in Dublin, yeah. I actually was... employed her first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. We have a customer here. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Can we do something for save you? (laughs) I know. And um, we start to to work together in an Italian company in Dublin. And uh, after three years in Dublin, we moved to Kinsale. After after four years, it came up a little bit a problem that I wanted to start a new business. Yeah. I told him, no, please, no business, because my family is, uh, um, was all the time in business in Italy, and I know what does it mean to stay in business, you know? It it's like uh, you have uh, kids, you know? You have to take care of the business, you, you know, because they grow up and they change. You know, it's, it's business, it's uh, quite... It's not very um, simple, you know, it's not easy. It's, yes. The life is different when you have a business and when you have a, just a normal jobs, you know. Yeah. So that was a big decision for you yeah. to work with him I, for a business. Okay. In terms of your relationship yeah, and everything. I just support him, do you know. It was not my idea, but I say, okay, if you want to do it, you do, do you know. But it was not, you know, my idea to open the business in Ireland, yeah. Anna was in, in the. It was. It was. Uh, how do you say? I wouldn't do the same thing with uh, without Anna. Uh, to be honest with you, I would do the 
maybe not the same choices, you know, but I would set up a business because that was my thought uh, since the beginning, you know, starting a new life, you know, in a different way. Saying that, uh, let's say, with Anna was much easier, <laughs> you know, it's not, I'm not talking about uh, economics, but just because, you know, you have a support always, you know, so that, and that was important, you know. And Anna, what do you see your uh, role? Yeah. I have a second, I have to cook a couple of pasta dishes, so I'll come back in a sec, okay? okay. And Anna, she will answer for you, Miss. Okay, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. He's gone now, you can tell me everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All the truth. All the truth. <laughs> so, obviously, you supported him in setting up the business, but yes. you were like, oh, no, here we go, because you know what it's taking. What do you think your role is? Okay, it's... Uh, I think it's not easy any, anyway to, to have, you know, to work together and to live together, you know, like a couple, but uh, I think we find the balance... I mean, uh, uh, for example, um, he loves uh, the sports. He's doing a lot of sport when he's off. I love to do um, uh, volunteering. I do a lot of... You know, it's like uh, we have uh, different things have, to yes. interesting after the, 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 the works, you know? And that is, for us, I think, it's make a balance in the life. So you're seven years open here. Yeah. What do you see your future here for the business and for your family? Okay, I'm not planning to move back to Italy. Mm-hmm. There is no point, <laughs> to be honest with you. I like here. It's, uh, my parents are coming every three or four months here, so I don't, have, I don't need to go in Italy so often for the moment. So I would extend my business, actually. I would start maybe a different adventure, even in Cork. You know, uh, doesn't matter if the town is growing or not. But let's say we opened in 2011 was exactly in the middle of the crisis. And at the moment, I can say we completely succeed in what we are doing, you know. So in a way, there is absolutely no fear of stay. Okay, do we live here for the future? I would say yes, you know. Even though they say the Gulf Stream is getting uh, weaker, so we are going to get a little bit uh, colder. You know, you have to leave. Where do you live? I like to live here. Okay. You know? Are you okay, sir? Good luck Thank you in your future well, projects. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. Thank for you, Brenda. It was yeah. a pleasure to have you here. Okay. Yeah. And I hope you'll come back as well sometimes yes, for a course. good coffee. And know? that's all from this week's Like Family. Thanks to all the businesses who contributed to this programme and to the business community of Oliver Plunkett Street. Kieran McCarthy's book is called Family Business, A Survival Guide. Thank you very much for listening. And this programme was produced by Eileen Hearn. For more information, check out rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash like family.